Hey everyone, this is Josh from Solopreneur Grind, and I am here with Z, founder of Connected, and this is episode 95 of the Solopreneur Grind podcast. We're getting close to those triple digits. Z, thanks so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Hey man, super stoked to be here. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Can you please tell folks a little bit more about yourself? Who, who is Z and, and what is Connected? I can go all day about it. <laughs> so, of course, my actual name is Syed Zihad, um, but to make things easier, um, people call me Z, and uh, that's kind of the first name I got since I landed in Canada as an international student about six years ago. So yeah, um, as I said, I'm originally from Bangladesh, moved to Canada six years ago, came here as an international student, went through a pretty unique, uh, non-traditional journey as an immigrant, and maybe we're gonna explore that throughout the call today a little bit. Uh, but currently I'm starting a business, I've already started it, but uh, the business is all about helping international students around the world get access to higher education in a very unique way, in a way that it works out in their best interests. And um, if everything goes well, I might be building the next biggest company in the world. <laughs> That's the plan. Yeah, no, I, I definitely want to dig into it. As, as some of the listeners might know, I am an immigration lawyer by trade, also working in, in the immigration space. So when you and I met, probably what, a little bit more than six months ago, and uh, right. you know, we've had a few calls, we've done a few live videos, we've done webinars together. And so as I heard more and more of the story, I was like, perfect guest for the podcast. So Z, let's start kind of at the beginning of, of the maybe entrepreneurial part of your story. Where does that begin? You know, were you kind of entrepreneurial growing up? Or did this kind of kick in a little bit more when you came over as an international student? Yeah, no, very good question. Actually, well, I've never got never no one ever asked me that, that if I actually did it since I was a kid. Um, no, I was not entrepreneurial. Um, so you see, I think I got really introduced to the term entrepreneur once I moved to Canada. I feel mm -hmm. it's more generalized here and glorified here. Um, for us back home, everyone's pretty much doing their own deal. So, you know, and uh, they got their own deal. And I think I was just always inspired by doing something that stands out and it solves a problem. So as a kid, this is the most I can say is that I was just always inspired by the top names like Bill Gates, Elon Musk. I knew about Elon Musk before even no one, even anyone knew about Elon Musk. Like it's just, that's how I was really, how much I was passionate about learning about successful people. I just really loved that. Um, so that's the most, that's the closest I was to being an entrepreneur growing up till grade 10, 11 or 12. And then I moved to Canada and I think this is where the entrepreneur side of me kicked in. It's like, I would rather call it survival mode. I wanted to do something of my own just in order to survive and create and build something of my own. So that, just that trigger of emotion of being able to do something or trying to survive um, was, you know, something that created all the actions that I had to took or motivated the actions that I took to come up with more ventures and business ideas and all that stuff. So yeah, that's right. how I would wrap that up. 
So, so how did that manifest, right? You come over to Canada, it's obviously, you know, maybe it's more prevalent in, in North America than some other parts of the world. And as you said, you're kind of feeling this need to survive. I mean, it's not cheap, right? Uh, as, as you yeah. know, uh, to, to study internationally. So what was the first, whether it was a business or not, I guess, what was the first way that that kind of survival mode kind of manifested itself here? Um, okay, I, I want to add one more thing. Also, my family's also on the business side. Like, uh, there's tons of my dad does textiles business, clothing, of course. Uh, um, so I think just seeing my dad being super opportunistic about trying to find out, you know, uh, a loophole somewhere or a gap, right? Not a loophole, like a gap, a need, and be able to kind of um, provide to that need that's a business opportunity, right? You see a problem and you're trying to solve that problem and then you create a solution for that. So I have always seen my dad doing that. So mentally I was kind of primed to do that. So when I moved to Canada, everything was an opportunity, right? So it's just like, because I bring this whole different perspective from a different part of the world, everything I saw, I saw a connection between how I could, whatever I'm seeing, I could provide a solution to that. So. I think the starting point was I would walk around to Rideau Street in Ottawa and I would look at every single clothing store and I would be like, I can supply clothing to these guys for a lot cheaper than they're probably buying that product for. And mm -hmm. that's literally like my starting point of, you know, business ideas. And I almost thought of creating a clothing company for University of Ottawa, where I would be supplying uh, great outfits to all the students in the campus. So, yeah, that's kind of starting point of the things that triggered that. Interesting. And, and I almost wonder how common of a thought process that is when you compare international students to domestic students, right? Because I, so coincidentally, I went to your rival university at Carleton University. Well, rival, <laughs> right? It's like a Canadian rival, right? It's like, ooh. You know, we're yeah, like, they're all idiots there. They're all we're, idiots. Uh, <laughs> well, they, they don't call it University of Zero for nothing. You know what I mean? Oh, is uh, it? That's you you, oh, of o, you of Zero, you know, same thing. Yeah. Um, but um, as someone who studied domestically, you know, it, it's almost just like a natural next step, right? You're, you're at home, you're comfortable, and you finish high school and you go to university, right? And, and you're just kind of complacent, right? Whereas someone like you, you're, you're moving to another part of the world. And, and as you said, you almost have this innate survival mode that just kind of triggers because you're in a new environment, seeing new opportunities. So that almost sounds like it could be a really interesting advantage. And so you're having more of these ideas, experiences. What was the, how did you ultimately pull the trigger on, on kind of the first more entrepreneurial uh, endeavor, we'll call it? I pulled the trigger illegally. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, I'm just saying it's like, I, so I didn't even, here's the thing, right? So I, I don't want to offend anyone about it. So one thing though, um, about the Canadian culture that, you know, like kind of shocked me initially was that people wanted to be an entrepreneur because they wanted to be an entrepreneur. Does that make sense? I met so yeah. many students wanting to be an entrepreneur just because they could call themselves that they're an entrepreneur. As I said, it was glorified here, right? Mm -hmm. For me, it was just like, man, I'm just doing a thing, like just doing me. Like over there back home, it's like 160 million people, millions of people have their own deal going on and nobody cares, right? But here, whenever you tell someone that, hey, I'm an entrepreneur, all of a sudden they get all the praises from the room. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was, it's honestly, I couldn't give you an answer as to 
when exactly um, I started doing things that made me an official entrepreneur because I just didn't care enough. I just wanted to make things to work. Mm -hmm. But I think the biggest, you know, just um, in terms of traction of my business, I would say I started a video production company um, initially when I moved to Canada. Uh, a friend of mine showed me a beautiful video of Guatemala and uh, I was just, like super impressed. I already had a bit of photography skills in me, but when I saw that video, I connected with it so much emotionally that for the rest of the week, I actually watched that YouTuber's videos during my final exams and literally failed on my exams. <laughs> <laughs> it was just terrible. So I kept on watching that guy's video 24 seven. And then all of a sudden I'm like, man, like I love this so much. Like, I wish I could do this. Um, and all of a sudden that kind of, that idea progressed into the idea that, hey, wait, I never wanted to move to Ottawa. Ottawa was my least preference out of all the cities that I wanted to be in Canada. But once I moved to Ottawa, I absolutely loved it. Like it is one of the best cities I could have been, right? So it's like, why not actually show up Ottawa to the rest of the world? Like other international students and immigrants should know about it. So I picked up a camera, started shooting videos for my school, started providing, you know, I'm like, I started approaching associations and clubs and all that stuff. And I said, Hey, I'm going to just make a video, allow me to practice my skills. And I'm going to give you guys a video for free. And I kept on doing that for a year. I did so many videos, uh, hmm. all for free. And then all of a sudden I start seeing people reaching out to me to pay, start paying me for it. And then of course you do a hundred dollars of uh, project videos. And then it starts going to 1000, 2k. And then the next thing you know, you're working with Ottawa Tourism in our city, Canada, to create a campaign for Ottawa. So that was a big like uh, achievement for me. It's like I always dreamed of working with Ottawa Tourism in our city, Canada, to make a major campaign for Ottawa, and I did it. Got over three hundred thousand views on that one, and mm. you know the, the rest of it is story. That's incredible. Now I, I love that approach, right? Of uh, a lot of people worry about or get stuck on kind of how to get started, right? But one way to just get the snowball rolling, I mean, there's a lot of different opinions, right? Should you work for free? Should you not work for free? Listen, at the beginning, yeah. if you got no other business, if you got no other revenue, might as well, right? Because that's how you get the ball rolling. You get referrals, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How did you approach or how did you get those first one or two? We'll call them clients, even though you were doing them for free. Did you simply yeah. call them up, walk into the office? Like what, what did you propose to them? Good question. Well, you just show up, right? Um, you, first of all, you could send them an email. If they don't respond to the email, you got to find out where do they hang out? Where's their office? Just show up to their office, right? You show up the next day, you show up the first day, if they're not in the office, ask around to ask people, uh, when are they usually in the at the office, right? Um, th that, that part is pretty easy, but I want to go back to the part where you actually said, get started. Should you do it for free or should you not? Honestly, this is such a great point because here's the thing. Some people say that, you know what, man, that's not worth my time. Like, what do you mean it's not worth your time? Like how passionate about, about this are you? So I think when a person mm -hmm. doesn't want to do something for free initially, it's like they got to put themselves in check. It's like, how badly do I want to get the long-term opportunity here? And it's a funny part about it with Connected is that initially I wanted to sign up students anyway for free, but then I saw the students actually wanted to pay me because of the, all the free value that I have provided over the past year by giving them free content. Nobody paid me for that content, right? Mm -hmm. Because I was making videos to sign on international students, but 
I didn't ask someone to pay me for those videos. I did it out of my time. It was literally sweat equity or, you know, uh, so, so yeah, anyone who's trying to get started, listen, how you got to put yourself in check. Like, am I doing it from, am I doing it from, uh, infatuation? Is it like just a fascination that I have or, uh, you know, a fad that I'm trying to go after or, um, I'm doing it out of my heart. Like I really badly want to do this. So mm -hmm. that's just what it is. I saw so many of my friends pick up cameras and not go anywhere with it. Right. So, so would you say then Z that it's super important to be passionate about the business that you're working on? Because this is another kind of, we'll call it like hot topic, right? So, you know, on one side of the spectrum, you have people saying, you know, pick something you're extremely passionate about, especially because things are going to get hard. It'll help you get through it. Whereas, you know, there's the other school that's a little bit more like, you know, find a good business, you know, suck it up, put in the work, et cetera, et cetera. What are your thoughts on that? Um, find a, uh, find an idea, get passionate about it as like quickly realize if you're super passionate about that idea and quickly find ways to make money out of it. That's it. Mm -hmm. Like, because your passion is going to keep on driving the effort and that effort is going to drive the time factor of how fast you can make money. Right. It's That's also funny why. how much you like something once you start making money from it, right? Like money, oh, just, uh, and, and a lot of people also say that money doesn't matter if I'm passionate about it. Guess what? If you don't get enough money down the road, you won't be able to fund your passion. So mm -hmm. you also got to find ways to fund your passion. And so many people have to quit what they're passionate about because they come in through those hardships of not being able to make enough money out of it. So mm -hmm. you got to also create a revenue model. And that's what's called a business too, right? So absolutely awesome so you get this up and rolling now you're getting paid to do these videos you're working with awesome companies organizations what's the next step or how does this transition into what you're doing now yeah awesome man you asked like a really good question i've done this once or twice you know <laughs> that's awesome i gotta take a few tips from you for my podcast but uh yeah, very good question, actually. So I had someone the other day I was doing live with, um, and his name is JP from SparkPath. And he talks about this one thing is you approach your career with a challenge mindset, hmm. right? It's like approach your career in a way that you're trying to solve a challenge that's in the society or that's in the community or in the world. And you're going to do whatever it takes to solve that problem that will give you enough passion to actually chase something. But in reality, what happens is that you're going to find a challenge, but there will be a time where you actually achieve or overcome that challenge. Then what? Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was like my initial challenge when I moved to Canada it was like, man, I got to survive. So I was doing everything I can to make myself kind of a little stable. I wanted to get involved as, with as many opportunities as I can. I wanted to get myself known and all that stuff because before I moved to Canada, so many people doubted me. Right. So I had to kind of overcome that fear of doubt that I might fail. So that was my first job. Once I overcame that, I'm like, OK, what's next? And it comes to you naturally. Sometimes you got to look for it. Sometimes it just comes to you naturally. Right. Uh, so the next one was that, hey, you know what? I want to make a company, a media company that makes Ottawa look great. And I started doing that. And then two years later, that was I did it. I was like, OK, what's next? And, you know, of course, when I did that, there was certain thing, other opportunities that kind of came along the way. I started a mark, video marketing company. I, you know, I used to provide clients with their videos, but they didn't know how to market it. So I had a video production company that also helped uh, companies market it. But 
one year in, I realized that I was not doing it passionately because I was not really solving any challenge. Like I wasn't, I didn't have a long-term goal. It's like, okay, what am I really solving in the world? Like I'm doing the same thing as every other company in the market. So at one point I kind of hit a plateau. I'm like, man, it's not scalable. And I like something to do something that's scalable. Like it can reach a lot of people. And this is the best part. And I kept asking myself questions like, what can I do? What's the next thing? So this time I'm actually looking for the next challenge. So, and I just couldn't come up with answers for a while. And there's this one thing that I do almost every week. I'll go in a park and write down what I want to, who I want to be in the long term. What, what do I want to be known as? What's my legacy? So I always kept writing this one thing is that I want to do something that will always help millions of people, millions of people, like just on a global level. So I, was, I kept on thinking the next idea that I came up with, I was like, hey, look, I think I'm a pretty funny guy. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to uh, come up with a comedy channel that's going to entertain a lot of people around the world, especially, you know, the immigrants and stuff like that, because they could relate to me. So I made like a mock video of, you know, all the all the um, typical uh, stereotypes of brown people. Oh. And, and then I sent it to just a small close circle of my friends and my sister and my mom. This is a very important lesson, by the way, for anyone uh, listening to this. So my mom, I sent it to my mom and my sister. And the first thing my sister says is, don't do it. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, why? And they're like, this is so beyond you, like beneath you kind of thing. Like, it was interesting because they were like, Z, like a lot of people look up to you because you're, they're, you're kind of five steps ahead of them. Doing this will put you five steps back and that mm. will bring you down to a level of uh, some people that are considered stupid. I was like, it's like, okay, so like, why do people look up to me? Like, so instead of saying, oh, you're stupid, like you're, you just don't like what I'm trying to do. I asked like, why do you think people look up to me? That shift kind of changed a lot of things for me. She's mm -hmm. like, look, like you went as a young international student who's never been traveled to any other countries before. You went there, you started your businesses, you did this and that, you made a lot of money as an international student. Think about that for a second. People look up to you. What can you do bigger in the future? I was like, ah, okay, that was interesting. And a lot of my other friends said that too. But of course, two or three friends said, Z, just do it, just do it, right? So I was like, huh, so maybe no, I'm not going to do it. Even my mom discouraged it too. So I kept on thinking, I was like, what is the next thing I can do? And why do people look up to me, really? Like my sister said, people look up to me, why? And in this one time uh, around probably 2018 summer, I was taking a shower and I was like, I think I got it. <laughs> and that was like the biggest Eureka moment. And the and Eureka shower thoughts like, are a real thing, right? Dude, that is real. Spend more time in your shower. <laughs> That's how you're going to come up with the best ideas. Um, so I was like, hang on. Like the idea came in like this. It's like, okay, I want to reach millions of international students. Oh, mi millions of people millions of international students want to know what is it as a as an international student what what's the life like as an international student when you live abroad mm -hmm. that's when it happened i was like wait i can grow this to a bigger idea of course life of an international stu student is fun but i can help students learn about what it takes to actually move to canada because i did my own process and i went through that hang on i can make that even bigger they can actually learn what I did to stand out as an international student. Wait, how do I monetize this though? Because remember, passion is one thing. You got to monetize the idea too. 
so I came up with the idea that, all right, I can actually help a lot of students, which I'm definitely going to be passionate about. And how do I monetize that? Because I cannot do it for more than two months if it's not paying me. So um, I came up with the idea that one of the most important currents in the world is attention and inter uh, institutions would benefit from getting exposure to international students. So even before the business model was created, I knew how, how I was going to monetize it. So I knew that I'm going to make institutions pay me to get exposure to international student audience. And these are the two core elements that I needed to start my business. Um, and of right. course, then I prepped for seven or eight months to actually make videos. I was super anxious when I was trying to create videos and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, just worried about, man, this thing is going to get out there. So six months prepped for it, created multiple draft videos and then published my first video, which now has over 150 or 60,000 views, I guess now. And uh, yeah, man, things just took off from there and I started partnering with institutions um, about coming back to your question of how did I get in touch with them? Um, just emailed them. The first email didn't get a response, doubted myself that maybe I'm not going to be able to actually land clients. But then within four weeks, I sent another email, got the deal done. Now I partnered with Algonquin, Dalhousie, Scotiabank partnerships going to come to. Hmm. Um, so yeah, man, that's, that's kind of awesome. how it transcended. Yeah, that, that. that's, that's really cool. There, there's kind of like, before we get to, I, I want to kind of dig deeper into how you got the snowball rolling on with the video side and, and more of the personal branding stuff really interests me. Mm -hmm. But two things really stick out in, in my mind, Z, that you did and probably continue to do very well to this day. Number one is you ask yourself really good questions, right? And, and you kind of read about this a lot in, in business books and about kind of mindset and stuff like that. But what we're asking ourselves internally on a day-to-day -day basis can really affect our moods, our outlooks, our strategies, our overall frame of mind. Like it's just so important to ask yourself the right and, and important questions day in and day out. And it sounds like you were doing that a lot. And like I said, I'm sure you probably still do. And secondly is having that, you know, vision in mind that goes well beyond what you're doing today, right? Or even what you're doing next week, right? Like, like mm -hmm. it's what you were saying. What is the big picture? Oh, I'm working on a, mark, a video marketing company, but is that really accomplishing my grand vision? No, right? My grand vision is, you know, in your case, uh, you know, I want to help millions of people. And if you're not, even though what you were doing was working at the time, you probably could feel it was a little bit off and because and it, it was not in line with that grand vision. And so you were kind of quick to figure that out. One last note I want to make is these don't all happen overnight, right? As you said, like that, no. some of that stuff took you months and months to figure out. And that's okay, right? We see on Instagram, we see in the new, you know, all these overnight successes, but they're usually much longer stories. And that's part of why I started this podcast was to dig into the, the details of the longer stories and how long and how much work some of this stuff can actually take. I just wanted to highlight those things because I think they were super important. So Z, let's go back to when you made that decision, right? You're like, you have the aha moment. I want to help international students. You know, mm -hmm. you start maybe thinking about the business model. You start thinking about the strategy. What were the first few big decisions or, or actions that you took and, and and why do you think they led you to you know where you are today get things started that was the biggest thing i took. i do that with everything that i do it's like just get it started right um mm -hmm. and it came in as, as an advice from someone who i still look up to zainab um you know everyone has ideas 
but not everyone can make their ideas become a reality. And you go ask any of my friends, everybody will tell you that Z told us this thing four or five years ago. He has done it. Every single thing I've ever said has been done. I've never ever said something that I haven't done yet. And I'm extremely proud of it um, because sometimes you don't even realize that you're actually innately getting things done just naturally. Um, so that's just what it was. So to give you an example, when I realized that, okay, I can make videos for international students and, you know, start growing a channel, get attention and the rest is going to follow, of course. Um, I literally, so it was just perfect timing. It was around a December and I was still at school at that time. And there was a 20 day break. I remember going to a second cup every morning at 8 a.m. and staying till 11 p.m. and write my scripts and writing my business model as to how I'm gonna make this thing happen. I learned everything about digital marketing. I learned everything about Google Analytics and stuff like that to make sure that here's how I went about it. So I, every time I work on a project, I divide it into steps. I say this to everybody. It's like, you wanna go somewhere in life? Like come up with the steps, okay? with the current knowledge that you have write up some steps of what you need to do in order to get there the steps are going to change and get better or optimized down the road but with your current knowledge and your skill sets how do you think you're going to reach to that goal reach that goal so what i did was okay i was like i gotta build a channel that's going to get audience and then brands are going to pay me so these were my steps create promote grow sell I got to create the videos. I got to promote the videos to get attention. I got to grow the channel strategically and I got to sell it to clients. These are my third for five steps. And I still have that to later. Even if today, like when I'm doing my business, just find out where I'm lacking anything. I look at those things. So I created the scripts over those one, uh, over that one month, wrote up a promotion strategy, how I'm going to actually get audience to find me. Third, how I'm going to strategically grow the channel in different countries. And then how I'm going to actually approach institutions. I wrote out my email scripts. I wrote out everything. And then after I got this done, go mom. I just went. So that's kind of basically the thing I did. Other than that, I don't think there's anything else. And the rest of it is just more actions. That's right. it. Right. Yeah, no, that that's great. Can you talk a little bit about, because for, for those who don't know, I mean, you have tens of thousands of followers, right? Between your YouTube, Facebook, et cetera, uh, link, uh, uh, Instagram. Yeah. How did you pick which platforms to focus on first? And what would you recommend if someone's sitting out there today, you know, maybe they have a similar idea or they just want to grow a brand or, you know, become an influencer of whatever kind, uh, what, what would your tips be to them? Very good question. As a content creator, that's like the biggest uh, question you got to answer first. So you got to first of all, look at what type of content are you creating? If you're a professional brand, do you think people are spending time on YouTube looking up videos on services of a company? No, right? Not really. So you just have to ask yourself questions like that. It's like, what type of content do I want to create? And where is that content consumed naturally by people? So that's what you got to find out. So for me, it's like people go on Google to find information, right? And Google is also connected with YouTube. And one of the things that I also kept in mind is that you can track people. So the other thing is like when you're a digital marketer, you kind of take it one level up. It's like, you also got to find out where can you track intent? So for me, I knew that if someone is looking up certain things on Google, I can retarget them on YouTube. 
Mm. Right. So I, so, but I'm actually going to say that I did make a mistake initially. So my mistake was actually trying to push my videos on Facebook initially and do my promotion on Facebook. But quickly after spending like probably over seven or eight thousand dollars, I realized that shit, this is not the right spot mm. uh, to spend money on to advertise because Facebook wasn't where people were looking for information. But I was promoting there, right? right. YouTube was, was where they were looking for uh, information. So Facebook is more of, oh, uh, I want to just check out what's going on here and they just leave, right? right? But on YouTube, they're totally looking for information. Even I would find myself eating and watching YouTube videos. So I realized that my videos are long form, my videos are informative and a little entertaining. People would love to enjoy watching that on YouTube. So anyone who's trying to create content, you got to understand, like, what kind of content you're creating and where does that kind of content get naturally consumed and just focus mm. on that one platform and let the audience drip to the other platforms don't try to build everything first just right. focus on one your audience is going to drip to the other platforms so that's what happens to money right i totally agree because especially these days <clears throat> i mean you could there's what too many platforms to name right if, if you try and yeah. conquer them all I mean, you won't sleep, right? Because you, you'll, you'd have to be creating and repurposing so much content. For the content itself, Z, what would you recommend? Like, how did you approach it? Did you have certain types of videos you just kind of knew that you wanted to create? Did they evolve over time? You know, how do you recommend people approach, okay, you know, here's my audience. Here's kind of what I'm thinking of offering for them. Any tips on actually going out there and, and actively creating that content? Um, could you give me more context, like as to what should be in the content or the way they should be creating the content? I would say both. I mean, ha you know, let's say so in your case, right, yeah. you, you knew you wanted to help international students. You said, OK, you know, probably more long form on YouTube. How do you approach actually creating a new video right from scratch? That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So the way I approach creating content is it's called anyone who's also listening to the uh, to this podcast. It's called, uh, I read this book two years ago and that helped me a lot, Break Through the Noise. Break Through the Noise is the book. Anyone who's thinking of creating content, you have to, have to read that book. And the one thing you're gonna learn from that book is how to make your content shareable or mm -hmm. something that people are gonna always remember. That's the type of content that you're trying to create. You're trying to create a content that stays with the person and they become a fan of you rather than just come into your channel, suck out the information from you and leave and forget you. So when I created my channel, a lot of people gave me feedback that, see, you don't get to the point too quickly. Like people just want to get the information. That's it. I like, no, I'm trying to create content that people absolutely love and they're going to keep on loving me for it. And they're going to keep on coming back to my channel for it. For example, think of the last time you went to search for some information on YouTube, you got the information, Watched that video, left the channel, and completely forgot about that content creator's name. The content creator didn't do his job of making him remember you because that's bad for his business, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. He worked super hard, gave you all the information, and now you don't even remember him. So I, I remembered that you got to create fans. And to create fans, you got to make shareable content. And to make shareable content, you got to make yourself a relatable person. And the other piece to that is... When I'm creating content, it, I'm always thinking, how am I going to deliver some something that my audience has never heard before? Hmm. 
So a lot of content creators, the mistake that they make is they deliver too much information. Look, even if you give people too much information, they cannot do everything by themselves. So what you want to do is give them perspectives. And that's what my channel is all about. I just yeah. give people perspectives. I share stories. People love stories. People love to get the outcome of a story and know how that outcome was achieved through that story. And people love to hear that. So, and that's when people remember you. Um, so that's, that's what I would say is that come up with ideas of how you can deliver something that's super unique. Maybe that you can do that because you had a story, like you had your own experiences that you're trying to bring forth because I brought forward my experiences, right? And that automatically made it unique because it was my own story and I learned right. from stuff like that. So, and the other one is you can bring up other people's stories and share that. Um, and to learn how to do that, there's another book. It's called Dotcom Secrets. And in Dotcom Secrets, you're going to learn how you could become four types of characters. So I'm not going to get it again to the details of that, but there's four types of characters you can become as a content creator. And one of them is you are the leader. You, you, you go experiment in life. You do certain things in life and you come back and you share that story with your audience and you tell them how to do things moving on. So that's what I do with my audience. I'm trying to build businesses. I'm trying to experience new things. And I come back and I share that story with them. And they see me as that certain character. It's called the attractive character. Awesome. That's really good stuff. See, I want to ask one more question. Uh, this has been awesome just to kind of hear your story and get all this feedback. What would right. you give in terms of like one or two pieces of advice for people who are out there, whether they're an international student or not, maybe they're working a nine to five, maybe they are an international student, maybe they're early on in their career. They have that kind of entrepreneurial or survival bug, you know, or in, in the back of their head and they kind of want to get started or they have an idea, but they haven't pulled the trigger. What are one or two pieces of advice that you'd give to them? Um, I will give them three advices because I always uh, go with this. The first one is get started. Of course, it's pretty simple. I'm not going to try to expand on this one. Get started, whatever it is, get started. Second is before you get started, think of where you want to take it to. Where are you taking this? Because so many people, they get started and it's like, oh shit, halfway they're like, why did I even start this? Like, why did I do this? Mm -hmm. Where are you going to take this idea five years later? Because long term is so important. So I, I tell anyone who works for my companies that work with a vision. Don't work just because you got to work. You're working for improvement, for growth. You're trying to get somewhere. And third piece of advice, uh, actually, I'm going to give four advices. So third one is, um, what did I say? Work with uh, a vision. And yeah, don't reject growth. So in our culture these days, this, this is going to offend a bunch of people. A lot of people just want to stay the same way they are. Mm -hmm. And that's a massive mistake. Because when I tell you, Josh, you're not okay the way you are, you're going to feel uncomfortable, right? You're going to like, what the hell do you mean, Z? Like, what do you mm -hmm. mean I'm not okay the way I am? But Josh, are you really okay the way you are right now? Are you going to be want to be the same person you are today, five years later? Absolutely no. not. Absolutely not. You want to be in a better place. And mm -hmm. that's just human. So that is the one core element these days that I'm looking around and I see people trying to reject growth, a better state of life down the road. Because what happens is that when you try to better yourself, you're going to face problems. 
you're always going to face challenges and problems and people often get overwhelmed by those challenges right and they don't want to go through those challenges mm -hmm. and they automatically revert back to being just the way they are and then they have those stupid friend circle who don't want to make them feel uncomfortable they're like you're okay just the way you are but mm -hmm. that's a terrible advice to give to people, right? So you also got to know why your friends also tell you that. First of all, your friends are telling you that not to hurt you at that moment, but they're not, they're unconsciously harming you in the long run. And the other thing is sometimes people are also just too selfish because I don't want to sound mean by saying, Josh, you're not okay the way you are. Because if I tell you, Josh, you're okay the way you are, all of a sudden you're going to like me. I'm just going to be more likable. So that's mm -hmm. selfish on my side. So it, you got to understand why people do, what's the reason behind why people do what they do. So anyone out there who is going through challenges, who is facing new problems, just know this, that if you're trying to grow, you're always going to go through new problems. And new problems, new challenges means growth within a year or two, you're going to be in a better spot than ever before. It's the best wow. advice that I can give people. Um, even today, when I'm making it seem like I got all my stuff together, guess what? Every weekend, I'm freaking frustrated. I go out for a walk, I sit in a park, and I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Mm -hmm. I clear my head, I come back, I'm like, okay, what's the next thing I can do? Let's get things started. So that and the and well, the last tip is basically you got to always work 10 times harder. People underestimate how much work is, it's going to take them to get to uh, where they want to. Um, and oftentimes that's the reason people give up because they totally underestimated the amount of work it's going to take them. So just know that you got to work a lot harder than you can imagine. Um, and eventually just don't give up. That's it. That's all I can say. Absolutely. And those are those are great tips. I mean, especially the last one, I've been reading more and more biographies and autobiographies on these entrepreneurs, you know, the great a lot of the greats that you were mentioning earlier. And it almost seems like the one thing they have in common is they just didn't stop, right? It's like the people who made it to the top are just the ones that didn't stop climbing, right? So it's, it's it. such, such great advice. Z, thank you so much for coming on the show. You were, you know, shared some really awesome details about your story and some very good actionable tips about, you know, how people can get started. If people are interested in connecting with you, learning more about you, following your content, where do you recommend that they go? Well, first of all, I'm going to recommend on my YouTube channel so that they also subscribe and get me more attention. <laughs> so they can just literally go on YouTube, type up Z, Z-E-E, -E, and you also got to put in Canada, Space Canada, because there's a pretty big channel out there with the name Z as well. So Z, Space Canada, you're going to find my channel. Um, you can also check out my website at uh, jointheconnected.com. And uh, yeah. Give me a shout if you have any questions. If you're an international student, just message me on Instagram. Awesome. Z, thanks again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. All right, my man. Great chatting as always.